a loving father, a prodigal son, a discontent boy, a dissatisfied young man in the family who thought he'd been left out. That's what I want to talk to you about. It's all about family. It's all about love and sometimes a, a love that is a, a harsh love sometimes. And as we look at this story, I want us to just be brought back into the realms of you and I as fathers raising family. And uh, I want to share with you the story then of the prodigal son or the loving father in Luke 15, beginning at verse 11. I'll read the rest of that chapter. They're all in, written in red, so it seems quite in order to read. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word today? <clears throat> That's Luke, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse 11. And, a cert, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the young, young son gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and, to, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my fathers have uh, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, and I will go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Just make me as a, as a one of thy hard servants." And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a, a great way off, his father ran, uh, saw him and he had compassion and he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring forth, or bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and, and dancing. And he called one of the servants and, and asked them uh, what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is... Come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said unto his father, Lo, these many years I serve thee, neither trespass I any time thy commandments. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as, but, but as soon as thy son uh, was come, which was uh, devoured thy living with uh, harlots, and has killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever, ever with me, and all that I have is thine. 
It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. May God add his blessings to the reading of those words. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for the remembering of our fathers, our dads, who was special to us. And Lord, I know that many of us are not able to tell them how grateful we are for their uh, acts of love that they shared, but we know, Lord, that you was there giving guidance to all those dads who were looking to you for the guidance to raise the family. And Lord, we're just so grateful for the fathers of our church, those that have gathered here today, for the examples of love that we see in their life. And we just ask you, Lord, that you would just draw us all together for a time of worship as we remember. And as we listen to a story, Lord, that you told a long time ago, and yet it can mean so much to us again today. This, Lord, we humbly pray. Amen. May be seated. Well, congratulations, Dad. You've been chosen with high honors. God has chosen you for this task of raising your child or your children. And uh, one of the things I really believe that is that God is at hand in the raising of a family, and you are to be that, that main purpose in the family. And I know, moms, you play a big part, and, but it's not Mom's Day, okay? Today's Father's Day. So we look and listen to what God would have to say. So I want to ask you a question then, Dad. How are you doing, or how did you do? You know, I remember when the children left, got married and left home, while well, it was just Catherine and I there, and I thought, well, the daddy, the daddy day was done. But little did I know that there was more to be done and said to, about a fatherhood, about a grandfather, a grandparenthood, and that that job never does cease to be. That job seems to be strangled sometimes with circumstances that we don't quite understand, circumstances that makes us feel like that Things are not just right in our lives and uh, we get mixed with troubles and trials that come. And I just recently read a, a story of a the young pastor was at his, probably his first service at his new church. And he called on one of the elder deacons to lead in prayer. And I want to share that prayer that the deacon prayed. Dear God, I despise buttermilk. Well, the preacher kind of glimpsed up, thought, now where's this going? And he continued, and God, I just hate lard. Whew, what in the world? And then he said, and you know how bad I despise to even think about the thoughts of eating flour. So Lord, I know that they can put these in a mixing bowl. And when it comes out, I just love biscuits. So Lord... I know that circumstances in our lives sometimes is bad things, times of hard to deal with. But I know that when you take those and mix them together, that when you get through putting them in the oven of life and it finally comes out all together and all good for God's glory, then it sometimes, Lord, is so much better than biscuits. Maybe that might be a prayer that we need to pray today. Because I know that as a father, sometimes circumstances can bog us down. It can feel like that we haven't really gotten in the, the groove of doing what God wants us to do. And I know that circumstances can all be brought together and that we can feel like that God is going to help us. But as I looked at this story 
about the prodigal son as we've often, and my Bible even says this, the, the prodigal son. And yes, indeed, it is, it is about the son who had gotten a little bit restless, a son who had felt like that he had been kind of held down from really seeing what the world was all about. And so he said to his father, Father, I want what belongs to me. Would you go ahead and divide up the inheritance? And, and so he did. The Bible lets us believe that he gave it to both of them. He divided the inheritance. And it wasn't many days after that that the son packed up and probably said, to him, Dad, I'm out of here. And so he went to a far country. And you know, I never read that story of far country until I wonder if I indeed have with my heavenly father stepped out into a far country. So what is a far? How far did that son go? It might have been miles. It might have been a half a mile. But you know, sometimes the far country in our lives can be just outside the will of God. Have you ever been just outside the will of God? You don't have to say amen or raise your hand, but I would mind. Because I realize that we all sometimes step into the realms of ungodly situations and God will reprimand us, but one of the things that the story would bring out, as we'll touch in a moment, is the fact that just like our earthly father and the one that the father of the son who had wandered away, God is always reaching out his loving hands and arms to guide us. I remember reading uh, the song we used to sing, uh, Lord, I'm Coming Home. And they had a recitation, I might just touch a little bit on that, but it talked about the minister who had just finished a revival and he'd went down to the depot to catch a train. And he got on the train and as he sat down, it happened that he sat beside some young man that was sitting there with his head down. And he thought there must have been a trouble or a problem in the young man's life. And he said, son, is there anything I can do? I'm a minister. I'd like to help you if I can. And so the young man finally raised his head and said, well, preacher, it's like this. A few months ago, I was at home and I got out of hand and I even struck my mother. And my dad said, son, you just have to leave home. We can't tolerate that. And so I left. Well, preacher, just about two weeks ago, I was in att attending a revival service and I was gloriously saved. And I wrote my dad and mom a letter and they live now near the railroad track at such and such place. And I wrote them a letter and I said, I'm going to be coming through at such and such time and if I could just stop for just a minute, would you put a sign out there in that old apple tree out beside the tracks? And uh, he said the letter went out. And so as they continued to go on, the preacher said, well, son, I, I, I'm sure your father still loves you, your mother. And uh, so they kept traveling and it got closer and closer and it was just around the corner. And the young man said, preacher, I just can't bear to look. Would you please look to see if you see a sign welcome home in my yard there by that old apple tree? And they came around the curve and the preacher put his arms on the young man. He said, son, you don't have a thing to worry about. That old apple tree is just full of blooms and tied with rags and I'm sure that's your dad and mom standing out there holding a big white sheet saying welcome home. And you know, when I hear that story, I think about how it is with our heavenly father. Sometimes we can get awfully far away. Sometimes we can leave out God in the things of our lives and even leave out family in the, in the situations that we get ourselves in. But one of the things I know, just as it was for this dad and mother, just as it is with our Heavenly Father, He is always waiting to welcome us home. He always has the outreach arms that He will reach out and take us and bring us back into the fold of His love. And 
I'm so grateful today that as a father, as a child of God, that I know my heavenly father. You know, I can't say to my dad now, he's already gone on to be with Jesus. I can't tell him I love him or how I appreciate him. But I still have a heavenly father that's still guiding me and still wanting to lead me. And I want to tell him especially how much I love him. So what does it take to be a father? What does it take to be that special person? You know, I've always heard it takes anybody could be a father, but it takes a special man to be a daddy. And I, I believe that's so very so. So what does it take to be that father? I guess it takes patience. I guess it takes mom. It takes help from God. And those are the ingredients that will be better than biscuits. Those are the ingredients that will bring about anything that can be an example to your children, your son or daughter, that God wants to use you. A man uh, and his son were standing out on the back porch one afternoon after a storm had passed by. And as he looked out across the way, the, the field of corn was just devastated. It was just tore to threads. And he stood there on the porch and the, the little boy thought he would be able to hear words of despair when all of a sudden... The son said, I heard the big, best sermon I ever heard in my life. I didn't hear it at church. I didn't hear it from a preacher. I heard it from my daddy. As there on the porch, we stood looking across the devastation of the storm. And he began to sing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. That's an invitation that God gives you and I today, Dad. That we need to hide ourselves in the refuge of God's love. And Psalmist David is very plain about that. God is my refuge, a very present help in time of need. So do you have that refuge to back into? David said also in 127, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So don't try life without God. Don't try to raise family without the help of our Heavenly Father. Well, you know, as a person, I, uh, I never was first place in anything. I don't have a cabinet of ribbons at home with blues and reds and whites, not either color, I don't suppose. But you know what? God chose me to be a father. God chose me to be a daddy. And though I haven't won the ribbons of life as we often see the red, white, and blue, but I have won high honors because did you know, just as you and I, either and both or all of us, there is not another dad on this earth there is not a person on this planet that could fill the job that God wants you to do. And I want you to know something else. If God didn't think you could do it, he wouldn't have asked you to. And the Bible is full of people who try to uh, get themselves in, a, in, in order in order to follow God's will, but God doesn't work that way. I, I love the story of Jeremiah. I don't know if he's a father or not, but probably. But when God had something for him to do, he sent him down to the potter's house to watch the potter wrought a work on the wheel, the Bible says. That was to make probably a little cup. And when it was first formed, the cup was cracked and wasn't whole what it was made to hold. And God was preparing Jeremiah for a task. And we sometimes feel like that when God calls us, we say we can't do that. And you just as right as you can be because we can't do that. But with God's help, we can. And I've often challenged people, and I would challenge the dad today, and that is the fact that attempt something some of these days shortly 
that you know that you will fail without God's help. But with God you can. It's a promise that God gives us. But as your role as a father unfolds and you feel like love has surfaced quite a bit, but you know, I was probably, or my dad probably was 85 plus years old before I remember him saying, I love you. And I know, Dad, that's a little bit an awkward statement for us, Dad. We're on the little rough edge, you know, and Mom can say I love you with the most compassionate voice that, and smile that could really uh, melt any heart. But sometimes, Dad, do we have too tough a love? Do we have too much kind of embedded in our life and we don't let it surface as much as we should? I have asked God to help me with I love you more. I've asked God to help me to share with your grandchildren that love that we have for them as was for the children and maybe didn't express it quite enough. But the son, back to the story of the loving father and the prodigal son, the son did leave. And the Bible says that when he got out away from home, out away from his father's presence, he found himself in a country where the famine was taking place and he found himself in want. The want was all away from food to things, clothing probably. And so he joined himself to a person who had a field full of hogs. Swine, the Bible says, but we call it hogs around here. I remember one time when Kevin hadn't been in school very long, second or third grade, I guess, and he come home and said, what would you study about today? And he said, hogs. I said, hogs, what's that? He just began to talk about it, and I said, no, that's not hogs, that's hogs. (laughs) I remember that very well. But he's been out to feed the hogs, and uh, he got so hungry, the Bible says, well, he couldn't hardly keep from eating the husk even off of the corn cob. But he began to realize something that we all need to deal with. And that was he began to think about his father at home. While my father at home even has servants that's doing better than I'm doing, and I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back. And I'm going to say, Father, I am no more worthy to be called your son. And I want you just to, would you please just make me of one of your hard servants? That wasn't what happened, was it? Because this story is not only about the prodigal son, it's about a loving father. A father that's love couldn't be crushed by neglect. A father that no doubt prayed almost every night for his prodigal son to come home. And that prayer was answered one day when he looked out the way and there came this son. And he was so overwhelmed with seeing his son once again that he ran to him and grabbed him and hugged him up and gave him a kiss, welcomed him home. That's what it's all about as a child of God, as a member of the family of God, the kingdom of God that you are as a child of God. He's always ready to welcome you back. And you know, sometimes you feel like a little bit of too much distance gets between you and God. God didn't do that. We do that. But he is always a loving, merciful, forgiving God that will take us back into the realms of his fellowship that he's always wanted us to be in. So they killed the fatted calf. Someone said, you know, in the prodigal story, I know the, the son that was still at home was awfully sad about it. 
the, the son that came home was kindly sad, but the saddest of all was the fatted calf. He didn't make it or she didn't make it. But it was all about rejoicing for the return of a son. You want to make heaven rejoice, return into the fellowship that God wants you in. And I don't know about you today, but there's a good chance that some of us and maybe all of us don't quite measure up to the realms of God's expectations for his children of God. Maybe we need to ask God to help us to rededicate our lives just as the Stevensons rededicated their lives to the raising of that son, River. We too sometimes maybe need to rededicate our lives and this morning we're going to have an invitation hymn and I want to ask you, Dad, if you are here, I'd like to ask you, if you would be bold enough in the spirit to come forward and say, Brother Pastor, I want to rededicate my life to God and to the raising of not only my children, it's probably already, but to my grandchildren, to my family. May God help us to be ready to let God lead us in the direction he wants us to go while time is afforded. I believe the Bible lets it very clear that the day of salvation is near. Salvation is for the soul of, to be saved. And I feel like that all the dads that are here today probably, no doubt, we trust are Christians. But there is a problem sometimes and maybe, maybe someone is here today that walked the distance of life without the Lord. Do you need to say yes to a love that won't turn you loose and will save your soul today? Whether it be young or old, whether it be some young man or young girl or a dad, even mom. And you know, the dedication of a home might not be just all the dad's uh, call here today. It might be for mom and dad, maybe family to come. We're going to have an invitation hymn and I'm going to ask you to be sincere with God, to be ready to make that pledge if God wants you to make it today. Would you bow with us as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for that love that we can know, for the privilege you've given us to be a dad, the privilege, Lord, of, of being able to experience the love of the fathers of our church and the, the fellowship that we have here as your big family. So I ask you, Lord, to just bless us now in the invitation time that if some of us needs to make that recommitment, that, Lord, we'd be ready to do that that we could be ready, Lord, to walk closer than we've ever walked, to hear all you'd have to say, and, Lord, that we'd have the faith to follow just where you would lead us. Guide us now, Lord, in this your invitation. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.